Show Theology Show. My name is Levi Sanders. My name is Hunter Harris. And my name is Chase Schaefer. And this is another week of Genesis. Yeah. <laughs> I was tired of saying, and we're back. And That's we're what back. we say we're every week. Genesis. So, Right. We can only another week back, of Genesis. Right? Are you adding that? <sighs> oh, yeah. Whatever that is. Yeah. Okay, cool. That was just that nasty snarl. <laughs> so, how you guys been? Oh, dude. I have been, uh, today has been fantastic. I've been great today. Do you want the- You won two gold medals in the Olympics. Yes, I did. Um, no, I out threw, none of our listeners knew you were in the Olympics. Yep. Our third, three through seven-year-olds could not throw a football farther than me. So <laughs> they all said. That's impressive. I got first. All of the three through seven-year-olds at Eden Chapel. No, do you know what? Actually, more Tennessee. this is legit how it went. I'm sitting there and- there's all these kids that are like freshmen, sophomore in college, and I'm I work every day. My wrist sucks. I'm like super <laughs> tired after work, and they're all there for the summer, just chillaxing. And then we get up for the football throw. I grab that ball, and I'm like, dude, I don't even care because it's like sling. You no, know, I slung it. <laughs> hey, I slung you, that ball. My whole entire hand, arm, everything. Like my shoulder hurts right now. Mm-hmm. It, it was all tingly. Don't tell the military because they won't let me stay in. <laughs> They'll be like, you're broken. But, uh, yeah, so threw that ball farther than anybody, got first place. There so, you go, dude. Chase turned around to his youth group. He's like, you want to watch me throw that ball over that mountain over there? <laughs> <laughs> no, there was a guy who straight up had lamb chops. <laughs> that's it's awesome. this older guy who just randomly showed up with his Butch kids. And that's like what over that mountain. That's what a church like EC Summer is for, is like bringing in like families and stuff from the community and being like, hey, let's love, like we love on you. And like, yeah, we'll so let's clarify. Care. So you did like Summer Olympics at your church tonight. Yes, yes. And so like yes. this random guy, though, comes up with lamb chops, the dad of like the kids that just randomly showed up. And he looks at that ball, man, and he just looks at it, pulls it to him, looks ahead, and I just just chucks it. It goes like twenty <laughs> feet, and that's it. And I was just like, man, I was expecting so much more out of you. <laughs> I was so frustrated, but like, no, it was it was a great night. We had a bunch of uh, kids. I feel like had a great time. There was good food. We had an amazing, just funny intro video to the whole like night. Um, yeah, I mean, it was so great. Sweet, dude. Yeah, work was great. Um, I, I seriously woke up exhausted, and then I had a little bit of coffee, and I don't know what hit me, but, dude, I felt good all day. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. this week's been Where'd crazy. you get that coffee from? Chick-fil-A. Why'd you ask? The one day. Where'd you get it from? I'm not, I don't want to tell you. Pagan coffee. Yeah, I got that pagan coffee. You got that Starbucks. pagan coffee. Dude, do you know how many times? That, no. Do you know how many times at the shop we have had pagan coffee? Blasphemy. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Do you know beautiful. Me, how many times we've had Starbucks at the shop before? Nada. Zero. Nada. Yeah, because you usually day. go to see more nutrition. No, we don't. We always go Dunkern. That's where we go. You told me they go to Seymour Nutrition every day. They do. Okay, my uncle does. <laughs> it's so stupid. I don't go. Neither does my brother anymore. Like, it literally caused me, like, stomach troubles every day. I'm like, I cannot do You better this. hope Aaron doesn't listen to this episode. He's going to be mad at you. No. Hating dude, on his Seymour Nutrition. No, we go Seymour Nutrition. That man is swole. He'll, he'll kill you. Dude, my <laughs> uncle is a 
like if you ever see that man lift a door whenever he's angry, <laughs> like there'll be a customer come in, they're just rude, dude. They just they just suck, and the guy will be just like super mean about something, and my uncle will be sitting there stunned almost that the guy just like said something. <laughs> my uncle will like set the door down on his side, pick it over his head, and throw it in their truck. Like I'm not kidding. It's like a hundred something pound door. He'll just grab it, throw it in their truck, and be like, "Have a great day," and walk away. I'm just like. But he will do it so humbly. No, yeah, he so will. So nice. He'll make sure the door's not Righteous dented. anger. But he'll make yeah. sure that they know that he's not happy. <laughs> Be angry, but do not sin. That's awesome. It's actually, no, it's actually funny. I feel like everybody at the shop, like are all of the customers that come in, they know they can be mean to me and my brother. But dude, with Aaron, it's like, don't, don't make them mad. Like, they're always, <laughs> like, dude, I had this one guy about like a week and a half ago. Well, um, I'm not going to name names, but. Yeah, don't um, do that. I'll just I'll say Steve, and the reason that I'm calling him Steve is because his name's Steve. Uh, Steve called in, <laughs> and Steve was just like, like I, he'd asked me to do an order, and I was like, dude, this guy was being a jerk. I'm like, this guy sucks. I don't like this guy at all. And straight up, uh, he calls back, and Aaron, like, I pick up. The guy's like, yeah, uh, like, he was just being a jerk again. And Aaron takes the phone. He's like, hey, man, what's up? And he's like, Oh, oh, hey, Aaron, how you doing, man? <laughs> hey, how you doing, buddy? And I'm just like, that's the dude, this that's pisses right. me off. <laughs> like, I was on the line listening. I'm just like, that dang jerk. What that's a loser. Hilarious. Man, it makes me so mad. Don't mess with Aaron. So, so Chase has been what showing off for his youth group kids, and Hunter's been showing off for the internet. For the gram. Oh, my gosh, man. <laughs> with that short off flex picture, man. <laughs> short off flex. He, dude, you know he got in like the sauna before that? That way his Hunter D. Like Harrison. Shiny. I absolutely got out of the sauna. He rubbed himself down serious? with baby oil. Yes. That's hilarious. No baby oil. He's it flexing. Was, that was pure sweat, mirror. baby. Man. Hunter D. Harrison. Follow me it's on okay, Instagram. Honey. It's okay, honey. You need a good. Hey, you've been looking good. Good thirst I'll, trap. I'll shout you out. Okay, I will say actually, I did notice the traps and shoulders. I was like, man, that yeah. Boy, Thank you, sir. Thank that you. Boy. Thank you. You yeah. gotta do some neck work. I was feeling dude. the pump, dude. Get that big old giant <laughs> neck. <laughs> Just shoulder <Okay>. head. <laughs> okay, you guys no ready? Neck. You guys ready for this awesome conversation I had today? Yes. So. Preface to we're about to record Genesis episode. We've already been just rambling for six and a half minutes. I think that's okay. That's what we but do. it's okay. Listen to this. Okay. Think back to when we started these Genesis episodes. Okay. That was like 10 years ago. Yeah. One of the first tricky things we covered in episode six, probably not episode six, because we covered the no. first three chapters in the first episode. But I don't know why I would <laughs> That's that. the worst idea. But, um, yeah, chapter six. What are we talking about? The Nephilim? the Nephilim. Okay, that's what I thought. Okay, so check this out. I go into work today, and I'm told about this legitimate conspiracy theory. <laughs> oh, no. And 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 the first time I heard it, I was like, you have got to be kidding me. This is a legi- this is a legitimate thing. And then I like start pull- pulling up internet articles and then this is like real. Like this is going around the internet. Oh, that okay. there I was you this, meant that you that there was this Nephilim in Afghanistan. And there's like this whole patrol of United States troops that just went missing. And so this other patrol went out looking for them in Afghanistan, in like Kandahar. Okay, okay. And then like this big, they said this big giant came out of this cave with a giant blade and killed one of the U.S. soldiers. And then all the rest of the U.S. soldiers shot the giant down in like 30 seconds with ARs and Barrett 50 cows. 
and then loaded this thing onto a helicopter and took it back to the airbase. And then they loaded it, this giant, this big, he, he, one of the pilots and one of the load masters described it in an interview that it was like a 12 foot tall, 1000 pound man with like six fingers. And they loaded it onto a C-130 and flew it to Area 51. <laughs> I'm, I'm not even lying, dude. I'm not making this up. Wait, there's you actual can, interviews. Yes. And you can go on Google Maps and look up. I'm serious. If you just look up Giant N on Google, it'll auto-populate Afghanistan. And you could go up there. And there's like this whole place on Google Maps where it's like the grave of the, or the three fallen soldiers or whatever. And there's like these graves but they look like giant things and like this six-fingered hand where this giant came out of the ground and there's like this imprint of a hand is weird looking so what do you think i think it's the afghanistan version of bigfoot <laughs> you'll never see another one ever i think again. it turns out just like it, it's just like fishing stories you know you're like i caught a bass this big and the next mm-hmm. thing you know you're like i caught a bass this big <laughs> and the next thing you're like, i caught a bass this big like there was this Arab picks. that came out of a cave and killed somebody, and they're like, he was 12 feet tall. <laughs> picks where it didn't Man, happen. That's as big as Arab. <laughs> no, I really don't know, Um, but I, 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 I never heard of that in my life. And so they're like talking to me at work. They're like, we need somebody with religious knowledge. They're like, what about the Nephilim? I'm like, well, first of all, that's based on your interpretation of Genesis 6. And even if you you know think that it was crossbreed a crossbreed between demons and and women that were giants like that was one of the main reasons god flooded the earth was to get rid of them (laughs) so i'm like uh, well not that i mean not the main reason but like increasing corruption that was part of it yeah so i'm like i don't know about that (laughs) but i thought that was hilarious had to to share that theory with you guys so go home look it up on google I'll look it up. Giant Nephilim in Afghanistan <laughs> that was killed by United States troops. There you go. This time, instead of a instead of a slingshot and a rock, it was a, a Barrett fifty cow. <laughs> so, so it killed I think the, if David could pick though, he's probably taking the Barrett fifty cow. Nah, he would probably still hit that slingshot and the rock. I don't know, man. Think about. <laughs> Well, without further ado, let's get into our Genesis episode today. This is going to be kind of a long one because there's a lot to cover. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you if you have been following along our gen, with our Genesis study, um, we're over halfway done. We're into yeah. we're today we're covering chapters thirty four and thirty five. So if you've been following along, first there. of all, I want to apologize if they were just not enough. Like I mean, uh, most of the episodes were us just summarizing the chapter. Yeah. Now I know. Um, any scripture is beneficial, especially when it's read, but a lot of it wasn't us reading, it was us summarizing, um, and we didn't really reflect on it that much. So going forward, we're going to try to split into two sections, a summary and a reflection, whether it be a theologic, theological reflections based on um, how does this help us view ourselves, how does this help us view God, so on and so forth, or um, you know, practical reflections. Yeah. What what does this say to our lives today? How can we apply this? So on and so forth. So we're going to try to do that. So let's uh, move on with summarizing this passage. And uh, before we start, we're going to take a brief break and let you read these two chapters for yourself, chapters 34 and 35. So um, go ahead and read that, and we will begin our summarizing of it in a few minutes. 
Okay, great job. I'm so proud of you. Good job. <laughs> I'm glad you job. can read. That was a lot. Great job. That was a lot. I'm glad you can read. I hope you read in you King James. Because yep. if you didn't, shame on you. What was that meme you sent us the other day? It said uh, Moses, not wanting to be defiled by a lesser translation, broke the tablets so that God could write them down in King James. <laughs> We don't need that liquid standard funny. version. Yeah. <laughs> That's good stuff. We man. only use the authorized version. You were there. That's Valley what? Grove, 2015. We're graduating. And we did you ever go to that Valley Grove thing for like the seniors or anything like that? Never. No. Well, the guy called it the, he's like, now if we want to come here and listen to this, Elected standard version, <laughs> and I was just, and I was just like, I'm a chemist. I know what that is. Like, I was like, ha ha. Like, I was like, that's funny. Is that really, what he said? Yeah, dude. He was like super hard. He was making fun of Calvinists. I'm like, bro, this is a this is a 2015 graduation seniors. <laughs> like, what, what, why are we talking about Calvinism here? Uh, just for a funny. second. Just for a second. He's like, I ah, throw my jabs. I was oh, like, like the standard. That's pretty funny. Yeah, I thought that was. Hey, okay. Just brief sidebar. You guys all have to join Baptist satire on Facebook. I know, I know. Um, you said that they have they have ba- they have Calvinist versus Armenian Sunday, and it's just like <laughs> memes versus each other, and it's hilarious. Okay, back to the regular scheduled programming. Back to it. So chapters thirty four and thirty five. If you read it, um, I'm just going to throw out a brief disclaimer that this chapter covers some pretty gnarly, <coughs> nasty stuff. So if yeah. you got little ears listening. Um, and you want to protect them from that, then, you know, viewer or listener discretion advised or so on and so forth. So um, chapter 34, we're talking about Dinah, the daughter of Leah. Okay, Jacob's daughter. So once more, we pick up in a time when Jacob had fled from Laban with his wives, with yeah. his children, had gone back and had been re- has been reunited with his brother Esau, mm-hmm. has gone back to... Um, uh, he he is currently at Succoth, if I remember correctly, um, or Shechem. Shechem. Which one is he at? Right. He was at Succoth. Now he's at Shechem. No, no, no. The the this. He's in Shechem. Shechem, the son of Hamar. So he Shechem is the person he bought land from. Shechem. Yeah, that's who we're talking about today. Yeah, we're talking about Shechem. Yes, and he is in where she- Succoth. I believe so. Somewhere around well, in verse of, Israel. In verse 18 of chapter 33, it says, And Jacob came safely to the city of Shechem, which so there, is in the land of Canaan, on so, his way from Paddan Aram. So there's a name of Shechem, and then there's <laughs> a place name of Shechem. Of Shechem. <laughs> name and place of Shechem. Yes. So this dude must have been pretty higher up to just be able to go and like... So basically in like verse 2, we see that Shechem seized and humiliated and laid with um, Dinah, the daughter of Leah, uh, Jacob's daughter. And then basically it says in verse three, he loved the young woman and spoke tenderly to her. So Shechem spoke to his father, Hamar saying, give me this girl for my wife. So we see basically Shechem rapes Jacob's daughter. And then like, and then he just is like, well, do you want to actually like this girl? I want to marry her. And you're like, what? And so he humiliates her. So Jacob finds out about it, um, and all of his sons are out in the field, and so they start coming in, and so he holds his tongue, I feel like, basically. It says, when he heard of it, um, the men were angry, though. The, the sons were angry, and they were outraged, basically, by what had happened to their their sister. And um, 
But Hamar spoke to him, saying, that's the son of Shechem, the soul of my son Shechem longs for your daughter. Please give her to him to be his wife. Make marriage with us. Give your daughters to us and take our daughters for yourselves. So now Shechem's dad's in on it, and he's like, do you know what? Yeah, I'm going to try to get uh, Shechem to marry Jacob's. Yeah, let's make a deal here. Yeah, let's make a deal here, basically. And later on, I mean, you even read about how... um, in like verse 21, these men are at peace with us. Let them dwell in the land and trade in it. For behold, the land is large enough for them. Let us take their daughters as wives and let us give them our daughters. And then um, and then he's like in verse 23, will not their livestock, their property, and all their beasts be ours? Only let us agree with them and they will dwell with us. So why he says that is because the sons of Jacob basically answered Shechem back whenever he was like, hey, I want to marry your sister, you know, Jacob's daughter. And they're like, he's like, hey, what what do we got to do? Uh, give me your biggest bride price. And so, <laughs> the sons and um, of, or Jacob and them go, okay, well, we can't we can't do let you do that unless you get circumcised. So, they tell Shechem that he has to get circumcised, and his father, if he wants to be able to, they have to circumcise themselves. And then, but they said, but if you will not listen to us and be circumcised, then we will take our daughter and we will be gone. Is what Jacob said. So they're like, yeah, man, verse 21, 23, we get all this stuff. We could take advantage of them. We can marry their daughters. We can do all this stuff as long as we basically, uh, you know, as long as we just get circumcised. It's not a huge deal. So they get circumcised, like, eagerly, you know. Yeah. They're like, that's not a big deal yeah. for us. We'll we can some. do that. Yeah. So 25, third day, they were sore. And basically, Levi and... Um, Simeon. Simeon. I didn't know. I, I wanted to say Simon. I almost said Simon, but I'm like, I paused. I'm like, no, that's not right. It's Simeon. Levi and Simeon went and just started cutting people down, <laughs> dude. They were Heck left yeah. and right. And then all of a sudden, the other sons of Jacob Plot were like, twist. they're like, dude, we're going to the city to kill you everybody. Did. Let's start taking some plunder. So they start going in, start killing everybody. Like everybody, all the males in the city start killing all of them, all their wealth. Only Simeon and Levi. No, the sons jump in as well. Only to plunder, but Simeon and Levi kill them all. Yeah, they kill mm-hmm. them all, and then all yeah. the sons and everybody start plundering, going into the city and stuff. So then it says in 30, Then Jacob and Simeon and Levi, you brought trouble on me, this is Jacob speaking, by making me stink to the inhabitants of the land, the Canaanites and the Perizzites. My numbers are few, and if they gather themselves again against me and attack me, I will be destroyed, both I and my household. But they said, should he treat our sister like a prostitute? So yep. in their eyes, they think they've done right, which we'll talk about later. Yeah, they think the they're reflection. justified because yeah. they're like because they, what they've done to their sister. So they just storm in, right. and it's a and question of funny who, like, who has the moral high hey, ground. Hey, dude, you know, let's make peace. It's all cool. All you got to do is circumcise yourself, and then while they're like sore and can barely do anything because of their surgery, themselves. yeah, then they're like. We Joke's don't kill you, that, dude. Let's go. <laughs> You're in a weakened state. You're going to be a lot easier to slaughter. Yeah. Yeah, because so they, every male was circumcised. Exactly. It wasn't just like right. during this time. In, and they in, killed all the males because they're all, all like all the males. You know, they're they're struggling right now. Yeah. Yeah. The, the medical very practices. Traumatic surgery. Yeah. The medical practices weren't like on the up and up back no. in those days. Yep. Just try some so, sheep shears or something, you know. Yeah, so now we're at 35. Now we're at 35. Yeah, so now we move to chapter 35, which from moving from chapter 34 to chapter 35 is moving um, from like a desert to a beautiful garden. It's, yeah. it's a drastic change of yeah. scenery <laughs> and drastic change of, of what we see happen. So 
And we see here that, that God says to Jacob, Arise and go up to Bethel and dwell there. Make an altar there to the God who appeared to you when you fled from your brother Esau. So remember, when he first fled from Canaan, from the land of his family, mm-hmm. um, initially when Esau wanted to kill him, he stopped at Bethel and slept. And that's when he had his dream yes. of the ladder touching right. heaven and earth and the angels going up and down. And he first encountered God. So then Jacob tells his household this. He says, first of all, put away all the gods that are among you and purify yourselves and change your garments. Put all your gods away. Now, remember, not only were there like um, Laban's gods that Rachel stole, but like yeah, right. when, when he was in Padan Aram, he gathered like tons of men to come be his servants to keep all his flocks and all this thing. So who knows what, what all kind of pagan gods they had at the time. So he says, put all your gods away and, and purify yourselves and change your garments. So they clean their, their they wash themselves, change their clothes, um, and then let us arise and go to Bethel, which means what? The house of God. So that I may make there an altar to God who answers me in the day of my distress and has been with me wherever I have gone. So they gave Jacob all their gods. He hides them underneath a tree. Um, they go up to Bethel. They go to and, and actually, um, I did read back. They were in Succoth. If you go to verse seventeen of thirty-three, it says that he journeyed to Succoth and built himself a house and made booth for his livestock. Mm-hmm. So that's where they were. And now they're going back to um, Bethel. Bethel, where God mm-hmm. told them to go. And as they journeyed, a terror from God fell upon the cities that were around them. So like the city, the That's cities around cool. Succoth. Mm-hmm. So that way they didn't pursue mm-hmm. um, right. Jacob and his sons for what they did to them. Yeah. The, what they did God to, to the city of Shechem yeah. and killing all of their men. Um, God is protecting them. He's making these cities not flee after them, not come after them. So Jacob He's like, came, where was that at when Laban was chasing yeah. me down, bro? Like, yeah. So, so, there? so God makes a terror follow them so that they don't pursue them. Um, and then they eventually make it to Bethel in the land of Canaan. And there he built an altar and called the place El Bethel because there God had revealed himself to him when he fled from his brother. And El Bethel means God of Bethel, whereas Bethel means house of God. So um, then when we get there, we, we get this little sidebar about Deborah, um, Rebecca's nurse. We don't really know how long she was with when she really joined the party, but she dies and she's buried underneath an oak below Bethel. Um, and then God appears to Jacob again at Bethel. Once he gets there, when he came and, and, and God blesses him, God says, your name is Jacob. No longer shall your name be called Jacob, but Israel shall be your name. So he called his name Israel. And God said to him, I'm God almighty, be fruitful and multiply a nation and a company of nations will come from you. And, Kings shall come from your own body. The land that I gave to Abraham and Isaac, I will give to you, and I will give the land to your offspring after you. Then God went up from him in the place where he had spoken with him. And Jacob set up a pillar, just like he did before, and he poured out a drink offering on it. And Jacob called the name of the place where God had spoken with him, Bethel, hmm. the house of God. So once more, God comes and God blesses him. He, he hits him with the same covenant promises that he gave to Abraham and to Isaac. So we see that continuation. We see now that he is renamed as Israel, almost as a new beginning, as he's cleansed himself um, after his disobedience in the last chapter. And then we see um, that, and I think it's also interesting also, like when he made his dwelling in Succoth, um, you know, it says that, or or in the city of Shechem, on his way to Padan Aram, and he camped there, um, you know, he bought this piece of land and he erected an altar called El Elohi Israel, which means God, the God of Israel, meaning 
that he's kind of identifying himself as his new name, Israel. Yeah. That yeah. this mm-hmm. is his God. Remember, he had right. wrestled with God, and he had been with him um, that night before or, or that time before. So now we see God rename him, um, give him the covenant promises, and then we see um, after this kind of transformation. So, you know, in 34, we really see him be disobedient and the results of that. And then in 35, we see um, we see him repent and kind of a, a new cleansing and a new mm-hmm. start, and he gets this new name, but he still has trials and tribulations because that's immediately what we see next. They journeyed from Bethel, and Rachel, his favorite wife, went into labor, and it was a hard labor, and um, she she bore a son, and, and she died in childbirth, and she called the name of the son Ben-Oni, which means... Um, son of my sorrow. And then his father calls his name Benjamin, which means son of my right hand or or my um, you know, heir, my my anointed son. So we see kind of a, a twofold sorrow, but also um, you know, strength in that he has another son. Now he has all twelve of the sons who become the twelve the leaders of the twelve tribes of Israel. So Israel or Rachel dies and she was buried on the way to Bethlehem, and Jacob set up a pillar over her tomb, and then while in Israel, um, he has another kind of tragedy, as Reuben, his oldest son, goes and sleeps with Bilhah, his father's concubine, which is actually the the mother of two of his sons. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, Israel or Jacob heard of this. Were yeah. you, did you have something to add to that? No, I was just saying, yeah, and he heard about it. And so yeah. the funny thing about this part, um, which I guess we can get later on in the reflection, but it's never really talked to get about again until Genesis 49. Yep. And so that's what – we'll get more into yeah. that. I, I kinda, yeah, we'll talk about I, that. I see all this, man. There's just so much going through this, reading it just again out loud, that I'm like – There's so much. I'm like, gosh dang it, there's so much reflection on this, yeah. like these two passages yeah. or chapters. There really is. Um, so, so then you see another kind of genealogy of Jacob, which varies a lot from the genealogy we read before, which was like very heavy on the mothers. And mm-hmm. now we see it heavy on the sons and the heirs. And it says, so now the sons of Jacob were 12, the sons of Leah, Reuben, Simeon, Levi, Judah, Issachar, and Zebulun, the sons of Rachel, Joseph, and Benjamin, the sons of Bilhah, Rachel's servant, Dan, and Naphtali, the sons of Zilpah, Leah's servant, Gad, and Asher. These were the sons of Jacob who were born to him in Padan Aram. And then Jacob came to his father Isaac. Um, we're back to Isaac, his dad. This is the first time we've seen him in a while. Um, and where Abraham and Isaac had sojourned in the days of Isaac were 180 years. And Isaac breathed his last and died and was gathered with his people old and full of days. And his sons Esau and Jacob bury him. So I think that's a nice wrap up of yeah. of. Isaac's life, as we see his two sons now reunited, right. come together and bury him. Um, and, and I think it's interesting, too. Like, the last time we saw Isaac before Jacob fled to Laban, he thought he was going to die. He thought he was on his deathbed. And he couldn't see anything. And then he called Jacob in or called Esau in to bless him before he died. Yeah. It's like way true. later, and mm-hmm. he's still alive. It's like 20-something and years. And he finally dies. Yeah. So we see that. So now on to reflection. There's so much, man. There's so much. I mean, um, so let's start. Let's start by going to Genesis 49. Genesis 49. Okay. Let's talk about that. So yeah, that's the part where basically the blessings are being given. Yeah. Uh, so this is at the end of Jacob's life. This is towards the end of Genesis, 
and we see kind of the results of two of the sins that we read about in the chapters today. So first of all, we see what happened to Reuben. We just talked about Reuben, his oldest son, slept with his his um, hand or his handmaid or servant or whatever you want to call it, and also the mother of two of his children. And so he do, he he basically receives a curse for that. He doesn't get his mm-hmm. firstborn inheritance. Instead, that's given to Joseph. Mm-hmm. So he does not receive it. And and so Jacob says in verse or in chapter forty nine, starting verse three, Reuben, you are my firstborn, my might, and the first fruits of my strength, preeminent in dignity and preeminent in power. Unstable as water, you shall not have preeminence, because you went up to your father's bed, then you defiled it. He went up to my couch. Right, so we see yeah. that he receives a curse, really, not a blessing from his father because of his sin and what what happened there. Yeah, and then we see that also the um in the very next verse, him also Simeon. kind of remembering what Simeon and Levi did, uh, saying in verse five, Simeon and Levi are brothers; weapons of violence are their swords. Let my soul come not into their counsel. O oh, my glory, do not be joined to their company. For in their anger they killed men, and in their willfulness they hamstrung oxen. Cursed be their anger, for it is fierce, and their wrath, for it is cruel. I will divide them in Jacob and scatter them in Israel. So we see three of his sons cursed because of sins they committed Mm -hmm. in the chapters we just read. And I I feel like the important thing to take from that is that I, I just thought it was funny reading 35, you know, where it talks about in 22 whenever he's like, while Israel lived in that land, Reuben went and lay with uh, Bilhah, his father's concubine, and Israel heard of it. And that's all we saw. The, no no punishment, no nothing. Yep. And I wouldn't doubt that whenever he did that sin, I mean, obviously Jacob saw it, and he didn't receive any punishment Yeah. In, at that time. I bet he didn't even think about it. I bet he thought he got away. And so something to take away from that that I saw was just like, you, you, your sins you will, will pay for your you. sin. Well, yeah. yeah, your sins, you will Period. have to pay for them. Judgment yes. is not something that, like, it, I mean, it's they like... It's not happen in that moment. But. Yeah, if you don't get, if you don't sin and you don't get struck by lightning at that second, then it's not like, oh, man, I'm good. I'm, I'm good. Right. Yeah, no, it, it's like, that's what I was thinking about on the way over here, actually. I was just like, how many people th- sin and then they're just like... The, and then no, it wasn't. Struck dead. Yeah, wasn't struck dead, I'm good man. to go, then. Yeah, but... And and so like that's something that I feel like people need to think about is like just because Sin you're good will now find you out. Just because you're good now doesn't mean that you'll be good later. And and here's the cool or not cool. Here's the scary thing. It's gonna bother me. Let, let's say this. Let's say that they are good all their life. Like that they, they, they never face any troubles. You know, they've sinned the whole time. They've been mm-hmm. fine. Then where are they going? Their judgment. They're going to hell. Right. That's the worst punishment. I mean, that's the deserving punishment. Right. I know? mean, ultimately, like, if, if you don't necessarily face a punishment here and now, your punishment is just in the next life I, forever. I There's so many <laughs> Proverbs that talk about Psalms, talks about how basically these people will, you know, David's being faced against people, and he's just like, he's like, God, if, you know, be your will, like, they will get their judgment one day. They... Why do people who are bad get good things? Why are they okay? And, right. and but the thing is, is like the whole thought behind that is that they will receive judgment one day. They will receive what they deserve, what what they have actually desired in their hearts. Yeah. So, 
And and I so let's go back to thirty four. Yeah, you want to go thirty four? Like start from like one, just go however we. Yeah, well, let's just talk about this whole this whole thing that unravels, right? So we see Shechem here, this prince, basically. Um, Take take Dinah, the the daughter of Jacob. Okay, Um, so so she he saw her and he seized her. And uh, first of all, red flag, she went out to see the women of the land. First of all, like, where are, where's her mother and, like, her family to protect her and say, hey, you don't need to go out and become part of the world. Yeah. Like, we're our own people. We're supposed to be pilgrims here. Yeah. Right? But, no, she goes out to see the women of the land, and then she gets taken in by Shechem, and uh, he rapes her. And then he's like, oh, but my soul is is... My soul longs for you. And yeah. he goes to Jacob like, I want to marry her. Give me your daughter as a wife. And he's like, oh, yeah, I'm sure you totally love her, dude. You raped her and hit her in the castle. Great way to show it. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. So this happens. And then that's when her brothers get angry. And then they go and they say, oh, I got to do is, you know, mm-hmm. circumcise yourself. And then everybody's weak. They go in and kill everybody and pillage everything. Take all their wives. Take all their children and all that kind of stuff. So first of all. I think the main you ha- we have to understand the setting that all of this takes place. Mm-hmm. I think adds emphasis to what happens, and that is it, it all takes place in Jacob's, um, basically not being obedient to God. So God had talked to Jacob and said, mm-hmm. "Hey, go back to the land of Canaan, go back to the land of your people, go back to Bethel." Yeah, and he didn't. Mm-hmm. Instead, he delayed himself. He was to be a pilgrim there and is moving his tents on his Mm -hmm. way to Bethel. And instead we're told in verse 17 of chapter 33 that Jacob journeyed to Succoth. And then instead of, you know, erecting his tent and then moving on, he built himself a house and made booths for his livestock. He stopped there Mm -hmm. and was delayed on his obedience to doing what God told him to do. And as a result of his obedience, not only does he put himself in danger, but he puts his whole family in danger. When the person who leads the family does not lead in obedience to God, the whole family's affected and hurt. Right. And we see that as the daughter is then raped because she's in, in amongst these people. We see that as the sons then are inflamed with anger because of what happened and goes and, and yeah. murders these people, mm-hmm. which then, A, not only, you know, it's interesting that you see Jacob worried about his safety mm-hmm. because of what they did. But more than that, they killed his witness to this land. What good is it for Jacob to erect an altar and worship the one true God in all these pagan lands if his sons are just acting like pagans? Yeah. Mm-hmm. They go and murder mm-hmm. everybody. Mm-hmm. Right. He, they killed their witness. Yep. I think, And so all of this unra- unravels um, amongst Jacob's failure to lead his family in obedience to God. Yeah. yeah, his house is a little disordered. Yeah, I also think. I mean, would you be able to draw a? There's obviously a massive difference, but a similarity or parallel with in the way that Shechem takes the, you know, Jacob's daughter the yes. same way as David took Bathsheba. I was thinking about that because if you think about it, David took Bathsheba while he. While, you know, she was at her house and he took her and he lay with her same way. Yeah, but, but uh, she, it, no, I'm, I'm thinking of this as like almost a, 
it almost it also shows like in the way that there's I don't even know how why I was thinking about that like the grace of God in a way that he blesses one man it goes back to Romans 9 where it's like God doesn't you know show partiality he chooses who he chooses you know I mean David and Shechem both basically did the exact same sin like I know I, I whenever I was first reading this I'm like that scumbag, that complete trash right. But person. Jacob saw her in his house and then took advantage of her as, David. as yeah. her king. Wait, what? David did. David. David did. Okay. He said okay. Jacob, Shechem. But he meant David. Shechem didn't see Dinah in her house. Mm-hmm. She went out into the town of people to see the women of the land of his land, mm-hmm. an area where she never should have been if it wasn't for her father's disobedience. Right. Mm-hmm. Right, so it still all comes back to Jacob's disobedience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just thought it was interesting. That yeah, so there were cer- similar circumstances. Obviously, there are differences, such as David was after a man after God's own heart versus right. Shechem is not. And we and don't I see showed, Shechem ever repent. Yeah. Whereas Psalm fifty-one is David's great repentance of his sin with mm-hmm. Bathsheba. Mm-hmm. Right. No, what I'm saying, the, the point I was trying to get was at Romans nine. Whenever we talked about it, I remember that one time, like God does not show partiality; He chooses right. who He chooses, oh, right. and that. That definitely, with that story, to put it in context, like if that angers you, it's basically very, very similar to, I would say, David. And -hmm. I would say that could point to what we talked about that one time. Yeah, pretty heinous sins have been committed. Yeah, and Mm -hmm. I thought that was just kind of interesting. Then, I mean, also, like you were talking about how this whole time, these men, and let's just look at, I guess, Jacob's sons, how they were so angry and frustrated, and then on top of that, then they look, then they defile the like God's covenant with them, which is circumcision. Right, that is so frustrating. Whenever well, I that. well, that that like them telling them to be circumcised would not make them Israelites mm-hmm. because they're still covenant. Well, no, what I'm saying is it's like they're disgracing. It. It's like they're using it as a tool versus what actually it is. It's like a promise that he. They're right. just like, hey, dude. Uh, go get circumcised because you know what? Then we'll allow you to do it. There's nothing about being a part of God or right. what it means. Right. It's literally they do well, it. Well, they weren't a part t- of God's people. Yeah. That wasn't, I mean, there's more that goes with being a covenant person than just mm-hmm. being circumcised. No, what I'm saying, like, there was a, the promise, you know, what the covenant that they are saying that they're this. essentially devaluing it. They, yeah, they're, yeah, yeah. They're I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. Saying, so, yeah, you guys do it and we're square. Yeah, we're good. Yeah. We, we'll stay here. We'll, we'll right. live in this land. So I thought, mm-hmm. yeah. thought that, I thought that was a big... And they do it deceitfully. They do. Like they right. knew from the beginning that their whole right. plan was just to weaken them <laughs> yeah. so they could, they could kill them all. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you see that. Um, and what's more, I think t- to me, the overarching, th- overarching theme there is that the father's failure to lead his family in obedience mm-hmm. to God results in the the damaging of multiple children mm-hmm. that I'm, where does it say that uh that he had a house and stuff uh verse 17 he journeyed to succoth and built himself a house and made booze for his livestock verse 17 of 33 oh okay sorry that's yeah. where i was confused i'm like in 34 it doesn't say that i was so confused. yeah i mean and then it talks about him moving on to the land of canaan to put on her Padan Aram, mm-hmm. but still, yeah, like he pauses. Mm-hmm. He does not continue in his obedience to what God told him to do. Yeah. Um, but then the great thing is that, and I, that's what I love, you know, you got law and gospel. That's the whole thing mm-hmm. that the Bible is to um, 
you know, condemn the comfortable and comfort the condemned. And so that's what we're seeing here. We see in verse or in chapter 34, Jacob's failure to be obedient mm-hmm. in his sinfulness and then the sinfulness of, of the people around him, the sinfulness of his sons, mm-hmm. which is full of sin. Yeah. The actually like the Lord is not really mentioned at all in verse in chapter 34 at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it's giving me types and child. I mean, like, right. This is pointing like, I mean, this is exactly why later on in the old Testament, God says so many times, he's like, do not mix like with the people that exactly. are not, do not be a part of yeah, them. Because I mean, they're here. Like, this is literally what they say. Will not their livestock, their property and all their beasts be ours. Only let us agree with them and they will dwell with us. Like, the entire point that these people want them to be there is to take advantage of them right, and don't exactly. weaken them. Exactly. And so that's why God continuously mm-hmm. in the Old Testament always says not to do this. He, he he repeats it, repeats it. And what do they do? They always get they weakened and get destroyed. Every time. Yeah. Right. And so, so so that's what I love though. You see in thirty four that sinfulness mm-hmm. for that's the foremost thing that you see in that chapter. Mm-hmm. And not the Lord. It's not mentioned. So then you move on to chapter thirty five. And boom, what do we see? Restoration, new life, and and commitment and covenant promise. Repentance. You see the Lord. You see repentance, right? So then God shows up to Jacob. He's still not made it to Bethel and says to rise and go to Bethel and dwell there. Make an altar there to me who appeared to you when you fled from your brother Esau. And Jacob, what does he do? He says to your household, first of all, put away all your gods. Here's the one true God, the God of Bethel, the God of Israel. Here's the God. Put away all your false gods. And then two, purify yourselves and change your garments. Mm -hmm. Now, what is this a great type of? Salvation. Purify yourself, right? The Mm -hmm. dirt of their bodies needed to be washed away just like the dirtiness of our sin. And what are the new garments they're putting on? Then, Then just a type. I mean, obviously, they're just clothes. But it's a type of the righteousness of Christ that robes us once our sins are washed away. When we're saved, it's not just that our sins are washed away and there's no judgment. Mm-hmm. It's also that we're robed in the righteousness of Christ or else we would never be right. accepted before God. So, so you see that you see that sin in chapter 34 and that disobedience. And then in 35, you see him come home. Mm-hmm. You see, um, repentance, you see restoration, you see God's mercy. Yeah. I think that's what you see foremost in chapter 35 is God is merciful and they go to Bethel and God makes his promise to to Jacob once again renaming him and then and then once again affirming him what we've already seen when he got the promise when he got the birthright all of this affirming that he is the child of the promise he is the one through which Abraham's descendants will continue to Christ right yeah. and then once more i think it's also important to say in 34 we saw Jacob's family and himself suffer because of his disobedience to God Right. Sin hurts people. We just talked about that in our last mm-hmm. bonus episode. Sin hurts people. Right. So so we see his disobedience to God not only affect him, but affect his daughter, affect his kids, affect the land around him, so on and so forth. And now we see him restored. We see God merciful to him. We see him back in covenant relationship with God and being obedient. However, we do not see him living a life of prosperity. We see him still suffering, going through trials and tribulations, mm-hmm. still having strife. We see him lose his favorite wife. We see him lose his, his father. So God is being merciful to him. He's being obedient to God, but he's still suffering because that's part of the Christian life is suffering. So what do you think about, I was curious, 
So I was reading a bunch of stuff on Simeon and Levi and why it was wrong or sinful for them to go and kill all those men. Okay. So I was wondering what you thought about that. Why was it sinful? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because vengeance belongs to the Lord. Mm-hmm. That's what I was going to. I was going to go to Romans 12 because, like, that's what they talked about. Like, uh, in the commentary that I read, mm-hmm. um, it basically said that, like, the punishment does not fit the crime. I think that's what, uh, um, oh, my gosh, uh, what's his name? The Ma- um, Henry, Matthew Henry. The punishment the guy doesn't you fit talk the about crime. all the time. Yes, because Matthew Henry is insane. Um, he is amazing. But in Romans twelve nineteen through twenty one, it says this: Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God, for it is written, "Vengeance is mine; I will repay." Says the Lord. To the contrary, if your inner enemy is hungry, feed him; if he is thirsty, give him something to drink. For so by so doing, you'll heap burning coals on his head. So then it started talking about like, well, the Old Testament. What about David and people like that? And so, what do you mean? Well, they would go and they would destroy entire like places just like this. Uh, yeah, I mean that's and, the whole book of Joshua. Yeah, and like yeah. go here, kill everybody. <laughs> yeah. Go here, kill everybody. And so I feel like we we, we kind of need to talk about why it's okay there, but why it's not okay here. Okay. So I because I've I've thought about that before. I get well, I mean a, here it's because of it's because of a. a it's because of vengeance. Mm-hmm. They were wronged. Yeah. So mm-hmm. they, they're like, well, we're going to go wrong them. Mm-hmm. We're going to pay them back. Yeah, two wrongs don't make it right. Whereas in Joshua, and when they go into the land of Canaan, yeah. God, first of all, just straight up tells them yes. to right. go there and do that. It's, it's a command. It's called a just war. Exactly. Is what it's called. Right. Yeah. Yes. Nobody commanded Simeon and Levi to go. Yeah. Do no, it was did. vengeance. Right. And there's a difference in them be obeying God and fighting for his land and for his name than so like Doing so like it for themselves. Exactly. So so when Simeon and Levi weren't going into this this town like the God of Israel says die. <laughs> they were saying we're here to kill you. Yeah. We hate you. <laughs> How dare we're you? Take all your it stuff. was in their do own that. power, yeah. right? They were right. going in their own vengeance, not mm-hmm. in God's in the name of power Simeon and in the name of the Lord. Right. Yeah. Because I feel like that's a, a big problem that people yeah. today have a misconception or a misidea about. They're like, the God of the Old Testament, and I know we've talked about this, the God of the Old Testament is a, a an angry and wrathful. And, yeah, he's not yes. the same as the one in the New and, Testament. Exactly. Is, two different. Is, John, first, <laughs> one, two different gods. I was try. John 1 says God is love. <laughs> So so, what's the difference here? And and so not like the same I actually, one that I read in in Exodus, it's just not. Well, so God don't hate on Exodus. I wasn't. I'm I just love saying. I just I just said a random book in the Old no. Testament. Yes. So just war. Like, yes. Well, here's the thing. I think this is the key difference. Mm-hmm. The point, if you read Joshua, yes. Okay. If you read all of Scripture, the point of Joshua and God's. Or, or any, you know, you you go on and read in um, First Kings, Second Kings, you know, mm-hmm. um, First Samuel, Second Samuel, whatever. When, when through even through the kingdom of Israel after they've established it, yes. When they go to war, mm-hmm. there's a specific purpose, yes, exactly. to glorify God. God is for God. Mm-hmm. God is for His own glory. So when Israel goes to war, as the people of the God, the one true God, the rest of the countries that they go to war with see. Oh, their God is the real God, and then they 
they God receives glory for that, mm-hmm. for that victory in war. Just like when they leave Israel or when they leave Egypt, mm-hmm. right? Even though Pharaoh's heart was hardened, when they left Egypt, God, God was glorified through yeah. Israel and his faithfulness to Israel. So the same thing when they take over Canaan. Mm-hmm. They take over Canaan and they're like, God is with us. We've we've killed all of these mighty nations and taken over this land. And then all the nations surrounding them are like, oh, okay, Israel's God's legit. Right. They're better than our little pagan gods that don't help us do anything. Yeah, right. That's the one true God. They're successful in their exactly. endeavors. So, um, so it glorifies God. Whereas here, Levi and Simeon actually destroyed their witness. Mm-hmm. They didn't glorify God. Exactly. Yep. And they, they did the opposite. They did the opposite. Yeah, and, and that's what... I, I I really try to point. I taught my youth that about what just war was um, a couple of weeks ago because, like God is the God. Uh, he He will judge. He will do what He feels and He wishes. Whenever we take it upon ourselves to do it, that's whenever it becomes wrong because we exactly. we are not that we are not the judge or the executioner. Exactly. Or, and right. so the Vengeance thing is, is mine, says the Lord. So if God was like, "Hey, your sister got raped by those people. Go kill them." God is telling you and commanding you to carry he says to out and extend an olive branch. Yeah, you're feed the them and clothe them. Yeah, well, you're being the axe though. Like that's what right, that's but the thing. but that's not what happens there. Exactly, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. If he had commanded them, God to. would say there, hey, if you get punched in the right cheek, turn the left cheek. Mm-hmm. Right. right. Yes. Um, don't don't go with vengeance. Yes. Back and so to them. That's what and 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 just war in the Old Testament. As God was empowering Israel to do what He told them to do, is much different than like just war theory for today. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's worth mentioning. Yeah, as and, Israel being the chosen people of God, as He was bringing salvation to the world mm-hmm. um, through them. So that's much different than like a just war theory of America. Okay, yeah, uh, I see so, what you're saying. And so there's that. I thought also I'll just say these real quickly. Uh, verse five of thirty five. And where it says, and they journeyed a terror from, uh, and they journeyed a terror from God fell upon the cities that were around them, and so they did not pursue the sons of Jacob. Thought that was super cool. Why? Because in thirty four thirty, yeah, literally Jacob was saying how he was like, now all these people, the Perizzites, the Canaanites, mm-hmm. they're going to be coming after us, dude. What, what are we going to do? You literally, we have very few men, and so what does God do? He continuously is graceful to these people. He he yep. he terrors everybody. It's not like they did anything to make themselves seem cool or big or bad or anything like that. It's just God throw through terror on the cities. Right? They're like, we're not we're not messing with that guy. Exactly. So and then something's off. I'm feeling something. Something feels weird, man. <laughs> I don't like this. And then in eleven, I thought it was really cool. Catching how, a really bad vibe, man. We're so just gonna stay in our we're city. Gonna leave him alone, okay? <laughs> and then, so in eleven, I also thought whenever. God was blessing Jacob. Um, he says, "A nation and a company of nations shall come from you, and kings I am shall God come." Oh, That's Stephen Furtick's in his translation. It says, "And Stephen Furtick said to him, I am God Almighty.'" That's what we, his Bible says. We, we need to do that thing where we just pick a random verse, see how we no context. <laughs> but in eleven, it says, "And kings shall come from your own body," and I thought that was really cool. How. It points to Jesus, basically, yeah. later, way down the line. And we'll get into, I think one the of the... king of kings will be coming. Mm-hmm. I think one of the most glorious types of Jesus in all of the Old Testament is Joseph. And we'll get to that. I mean, we're about to talk yeah. about that mm-hmm. in the next couple chapters. And I don't think I have anything else. Sorry to 
No, you're good. Keep I know this has been a long episode. I also love in verse 11 when God is blessing Jacob. He says, I'm God Almighty, the self-existent one. Yeah. Right. The Almighty God. I'm not just the God of Bethel. I am. I'm not just God the God of Israel. Almighty. I'm God Almighty. The self-existent yeah. God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so. Love that. So, yeah. Some good chapters. A lot to, to chew on. Um, so, I hope you're tracking along with us. I hope this is more beneficial than just a simple recap. I know it's a lot longer. Um, but I hope you enjoyed it. Connect with us at Average Joe Theology on Facebook. Send us a message or a like or whatever. A share. You know, we'd love it. Um, subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform, and we'll be with you next Friday and next Monday with another Genesis episode. So we love you guys, and we'll see you next week.